the 200 level and for the first time in the 200 level's history and for the first time since I was a senior at Urbana High School, I can say Illinois basketball are regular season Big Ten champions. Mike Carpenter here with Isaac Ambrose and Trevor Valise may or may not be joining us. I think that everyone's kind of going through the process of celebrating this and it means different things to different people. I mean, for me, I was relatively calm tonight, but... Towards the end, it was so tantalizingly close that that fandom kicked in, and I'm still processing it. We'll be doing that throughout this podcast. We're going to really hit heavy the uh, text thread that we got on the Twitch thread right now, which I think there's about 30 people, 38 people. Hello, everybody in Twitch world. If you guys can keep sending the comments, we're really going to be relying on you because I'll be honest, this is not going to be my best performance. I, I am overcome with a lot of thoughts and a lot of emotions and that is everything from it being two years to the day basically from when Illinois beat Iowa right before the pandemic hit so there's that angle the fact that it was full circle and it was a rock and state farm center just like it was two years ago the primary difference being that it was for a big 10 title and just like that game I think it was a two-point game back then too maybe a one-point game it's always that way against Iowa at home it just is And we knew that going in, there was that small chance that maybe we can run him out of the gym, but I don't think any of us actually thought that was going to happen. And my God, it it took every bit down the stretch and it took a little bit of luck, but you know what? This program is so deserving of a little bit of luck after a whole lot of bad luck in its history. So don't feel bad for that. Don't feel bad for being co-champs or any of that crap. The banner counts all the same. And I've talked a long time about wanting that tangible thing. And boy, did we get it. Big Ten Tournament Champions last year, that was nice. Worthy of hanging a banner. But Big Ten Regular Season Champions, that is a whole other thing. And what a ride it's been. Isaac Ambrose is here with me via Zoom. And I got to be honest, Isaac, as we stepped outside of the game, the weather wasn't really conducive for the in-person either. I mean, it was pouring rain. And my friend Kenton said, oh my God, imagine if we would have lost and we would have walked out in these fat raindrops. But I want to start, Isaac. I want to walk through the day. We were texting pretty heavily during the Nebraska-Wisconsin game, and it was you that was keeping me and Trevor abreast because Trevor and I were checking out. When did it hit you that we're playing for a Big Ten title tonight? Because for me, it, it actually, that was a delayed reaction too. So I, was, I watched the entirety of the Nebraska game, and... Oh. I was at my house watching it, and Nebraska started off hot. But as you know, bad Big Ten teams do, they don't hang on to their lead. So the idea starts to pop into your head, you know, like before the game, maybe a 5% chance. I'm, I'm thinking we could play for a title. Then it got up to like 20, 25 when Nebraska was up 12. Then Wisconsin brings it all the way back. You have that crazy second half, and it really felt like – Say Illinois fans complained about the refs. It felt like we were going to sit there and be saying the refs screwed even Nebraska for Illinois because of some of the calls that were going on. And Johnny Davis got hurt. And long story short, Verge Alonzo Verge, I think that's his first name. Yeah, starts to take starts to take over. I'm not kidding. Like he was hitting the IO type shots at the end of the game, and then he fouls out minute left and I couldn't tell you any of the five guys that were on the court for Nebraska but 
they end up winning by one. Wisconsin can't pull it out, and I'm I'm just freaking out because texting back and forth all week, and I know Trevor was saying, and we were kind of all just laughing. Like I'm not even gonna let myself go there. I'm not gonna let myself go there. I'm just gonna talk myself for five days after Purdue lost. I'm gonna talk myself into second place is okay, right? I'm okay with second place. And I remember, <laughs> I, I I just I remember thinking, can you imagine the the buildup? The few hours are gonna be between if Nebraska wins and Champagne, and sure enough, it was just electric. We're texting about it. Twitter's blowing up. We actually met a couple of Maddie's friends at Legends, and you, it felt like I. Everybody, Green Street was the busiest I've seen it. Uh, the game was, I got to the game about an hour early and I had to wait in line to go pee. It, I don't know. It didn't really hit me until I got into the stadium and just put two and two together. Because again, I built up my defense for five or six days that I had to, find comfort in second. So I would say when I walked into the stadium, it was like, oh boy, here we go. And it was like deja vu of a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was deja vu. And I remember last time that we were there in 2020, because we obviously weren't there for the Iowa game last year that, um, you know, I, I remember after the Ohio State loss a few days before that Iowa game thinking, well, it's Iowa, so we'll be pumped up for it. But man, there was just an extra charge in that stadium two years ago, even though you were not playing for a Big Ten title. And actually, Part of the reason you weren't, I think, Wisconsin won at Indiana, and I forget who the other co-champion was back then, but regardless, um, it, it had that vibe, but it, it immediately hit me, Isaac, that right after that final score flashed on my phone, because I was not watching the Nebraska game, I couldn't bring myself to do it because I remembered how angry I got Tuesday night watching Purdue, I don't want to say blow it, but watching Wisconsin bank two shots in to win the damn thing, and I, I couldn't subject myself to that again. I said, whatever may be, may be. If Wisconsin wins, as we all thought they would, then it's just it's not in the cards. And then it immediately flipped. And we basically had three hours before when that game ended and then when my friend and I left for the stadium to get into that mindset of, well, this is for a Big Ten championship. Didn't take me long. I immediately got jittery. I mean, this is 2.30 we're talking about, Isaac. I immediately got jittery. I'm finding things to do, and I guess it's about 3 o'clock. Finding things to do just so the time passes, and it fortunately passed quick. The game starts, and yeah, it's not going well. You get down by as many, keep in mind, by as many as 15 points in the first half. But the way the first half ended, it was one of those, how the hell are we only down six? And at that moment, I was at ease, to be honest, for the rest of the game. And even late, Isaac, it's like the rest of the day. If there's one word I could use for the entire day, it's surreal. I was unable to process after DeMonte missed the first free throw and made the second. Well, what if Iowa makes a three? I mean, I had the thought, but I didn't have time to actually process it. So because of that, it was basically like everything was happening in front of me. And there was this 10 or 15 second delayed reaction after the game ended and Trent is running down the court and the coaching staff's going crazy and the, the students and all the fans flood the court as well, it, it still took me quite a bit. And I, I'll be honest, Isaac, the last time I had a feeling like that was in 2005, the comeback in the Elite Eight. It took me time to register that. Now, clearly that was a more consequential thing, but 
This is a regular season clincher at home against your rival. You win by two. So many bounces had to go your way, and they did. You know, at least for today, Isaac, we can't say that Illinois basketball is cursed because everything that had to happen today did. And and that's all I got. And, and by the way, Isaac, my, my filler tonight is just going to be – that's what I've been doing for the last hour and a half. Just That's me registering. <laughs> just a slight breathe out. I, yeah. I know I – when I was imagining winning the Big Ten title, I was imagining not stop, let's going, bouncing up and down. And on the inside, that's what I feel like. But yeah, I just can't process it because today was such a blur. And it really, I mean, it's only been, it's only been nine or ten hours since we even thought it was a possibility. Or I don't even know what time it is. Time is just flying by. But I said to my dad as we were leaving the stadium and something I hadn't really thought about, remember how we felt leaving the Ohio State game? And that was only oh 10 God. days ago. It was miserable. And yeah, just, just, it was, it's just hard to believe that you can come that far in 10 days. And yes, cards had to fall your way. It kind of card felt like basketball gods, if there are basketball gods, maybe helping you out from last season. Because the way you got screwed, that's obviously a whole long debate. We probably should be back-to-back regular season champs. Probably. <laughs> the way that COVID, COVID – I saw a funny tweet today that if we wouldn't, if we would have all got COVID and not played the Iowa game tonight, we would have won by default because we would have had a higher uh, win percentage. Wow. Anyways, <laughs> the, I guess that's true. Um, it did – the fact that uh, – at Wisconsin, and I don't think they they hadn't beaten a t- top ten team in forever. And the fact that Nebraska all of a sudden played like a ranked team without a couple of their best players, it really did feel like the tides turning. You got screwed last year, and now just in the past twenty four hours, you've gotten the opposite. Like as as negative as you went with that with Michigan screwing you over. Nebraska helped you out so much, right? And that wasn't like a Rutgers or a Maryland or a middle of the pack Big Ten team. Like Nebraska had three conference wins. And I found myself today when I was texting you guys getting getting frustrated with Burge or, or Walker. Like, oh, why'd he take that shot? And then I remember, well, Nebraska's in last place. And there's a reason why they're, <laughs> they're in last terrible, place. terrible mostly, yeah. But, but they hey, they pulled it out and they almost beat you earlier in the season it just doesn't feel real. So many things in that game were just very, uh, they symbolized a lot of, of the past few years. DeMonte grabbed a big board, a big offensive rebound there at the end. He played pretty solid defense, hit a three, one, one shot. Actually, no, did he hit two threes? Anyways. Um, which one again, Isaac? Sorry, which person? Didn't DeMonte hit two or just one? I think he hit two. Yeah, he had six points tonight. Yeah. Clearly, he's not getting them from two-point field goals, so <laughs> that's not, yeah, not right, his right. thing. And Kofi played his typical great game. Curbelo, see, Curbelo probably gave Iowa 10 points, but then it feels like he got you 12 or 14. So as frustrating as he was, it almost evened it out, if not gave you a little bit. And a lot of this game just felt like 
I, I was getting scared. I was getting defensive because, and I know I'm just rambling at this point, but earlier in the day, my first reaction when Nebraska won was, oh, God, can you imagine if we lose? Tonight? Oh, interesting. I, and, I, I, and, I didn't even let that thought enter my mind, I'll be honest. Maybe out of, like, self-defense, well, but. That's being an Illinois fan. And then when we went down 15 today, I felt like, okay, here we go. This is Arizona this year, Purdue this year at home, Michigan State, Maryland a couple of years ago at home. And this is arguably, arguably not arguably, 100% bigger than all those home sellouts from the past few years. But if you remember, and we've talked about this, in all those home sellouts, the atmosphere was electric. You took a little bit of a lead, and then the other team was just better. And it was so nice to see the tide turn tonight. And you took over in the second half. You were the better team in the second half. Like you said, the ball definitely bounced our way. I don't think Illinois fans can complain about the basketball gods screwing them over for a while. And my other thought, leaving the State Farm Center, and I don't know, I think I sent this quote to you, to you guys. What a night for recruiting, right? If if I'm a recruit and you go there and you realize how great those the Illini players get treated and the atmosphere and hey, if you're not gonna go to the NBA but you're gonna stay here three or four years, like you're gonna be treated like Trent and DeMonte, who are obviously gonna be Illini legends, sellout crowd, and man, that's that's my favorite moment in State Farm Center history. I went to every game this year besides the game I had COVID and it's just not even close. Yeah, and it may not be topped. And here's the thing. I mean, 35 years and I guess 30 that I've been a conscious fan, and there's never been a, a situation where Illinois could clinch it at home the final game of the year. If, if there was back in 83, 84, but I wasn't born then, 89, they didn't win the championship. So any of these situations, they won on the road twice against Minnesota. They clinched it in 04 at Purdue. In 05, they clinched it maybe even at home, but it was probably midway through February because you were running roughshod and you were undefeated in the Big Ten through 19 games. So this was a completely different circumstance. And Isaac, one more thought before I hit the sponsors here. The reason that I keep saying surreal, this was something that I envisioned all year long. But you mentioned the Ohio State game. And from that moment, and to be honest, it kind of came back up after Michigan, but then it immediately evaporated after Tuesday night, Purdue losing at Wisconsin. Yeah, I envisioned this. I had the entire thing in my mind. Imagine walking walking to the State Farm Center on a Sunday evening to see Illinois play Iowa for a Big Ten championship. But it was taken away from us multiple times in the last two weeks or so we thought. Only to immediately be handed back to us three and a half hours before tip-off today. Yes, we are the beneficiaries of some luck, but to this team's credit, they went out and got it. So, Isaac, let's get nitty-gritty on this game because there are some heroes we got to talk about. And one of them is a guy that we used to really get frustrated with. And by God, you don't win this game without this guy. And I think you know who I'm talking about. Before we get to that, DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Online at dpdoe.com. You can get custom zones with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. And they deliver anywhere 
dpdo.com. Get your celebratory Big Ten Championship calzone today at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby. Hey, whatever Fourth and Kirby swag you were wearing today, that's your lucky shirt through March, but you might want to get some shirts for the off days when Illinois is not playing in the Big Ten or NCAA tournaments. Fourthandkirby.com. Rector Construction. I'm on at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior projects. Spring has sprung. I know it might be a little bit chilly this week, but if this weekend wasn't perfect, I don't know what spring weekend would be. So get ahead of it with Rector Construction. That's R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com. For life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. A couple quick nuggets here. Isaac, this is a tweet. Uh, Well, I think Jeremy tweeted this out, but Bobo saw it. And this is a quote from Underwood. You mentioned the recruits. Here is the direct quote. And actually, now that I think about it, you send the text thread. Underwood asked about recruits in attendance. If they they didn't enjoy that, they can go someplace else and we'll kick their ass. That's Underwood. Yeah, I I would say this, this game made an impression on these guys. And... I mean, come on. How, a quote like that is just such easy fodder for us after a win like that. I mean, uh, you know what cracked me up, Isaac, was Underwood talking to the crowd. He's like, hey. He, he does it like three times to get our attention. He even tells the crowd to quiet down so he can just yell something in the microphone. Yeah. Um, let's start with the recruits and Underwood in general. Looking at this macro, it was a huge one for the program, not just for the last three years and accomplishing what you did, but for the future. You are establishing a Michigan State level of success, and this is the cherry on top, and I think it's going to pay dividends years to come. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that you're playing so well, you have now a three-year stretch where you're playing in March, and the recruits are there. And, hey, you had a good recruiting class before you won these games. And I know the recruiting cycle for this year is basically over. But I agree with what Brad said. If you're a recruit and you came there and you saw that and you're still not interested in coming to Champaign, then whatever, you can go to – North Carolina State or Providence, and we'll we'll beat you in the tournament. And I know it's that's just such a me boy thing to say. It reminds me of a football guy thing to say. Sure, but, that's okay. I mean, it's the truth, and I love that Underwood's so proud. Like one of those moments where Underwood probably could have just said the lyrics to a screamo song, and <laughs> all the fans would have gone nuts because oh, yeah. he had everybody's attention. Just could have said anything, but uh, I love being the fans. No credit for that. And Carl, back to I was there, um, Michigan State, Iowa's freshman year when you stormed the court, when you upset them. And when they were storming the court tonight, I would have had flashbacks to that. And I was like, man, that feels like ever ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. And you've come this far in a few years it, it says a lot about Underwood I was not expecting expecting this I mean think about think about how bad we've been in football right can you imagine now granted Illinois is a basketball school they've always been a basketball school so I won't say Big Ten title but can you imagine if if Bielma in a couple of years wins you 
division or is right up there to win the division. Like, can you imagine? No, no, (laughs) I can't. Illinois football playing. Yeah, can you imagine playing at Lucas Oil? And I know it's a little bit different, but really, the situations that Underwood wasn't handed a very good situation. And I know Io and Kofi and Trent and Demonte and those guys have had a lot to do with it, but recruiting also a big part of coaching. Recruiting's been great. Yeah, you're going to lose Trent and Demonte, but hey, look who you're bringing in. You've had three or four top one one fifty guys pretty much every year, and I don't know. It's it's more and more of a desirable place to play. It feels like students are. Darn Zoom. In back and yeah. I tell you, Isaac, the Zoom is doing the choppy thing. I'm, I'm going I'm to let Zoom catch up on this Dog for a second. It. I know. Doggone Zoom. But I will say this. Uh, with Underwood, you mentioned what he inherited and how it's not all that dissimilar from what Bielma inherited. And that's true. I, I think that sometimes we need to step back and reflect on how bad this thing was when he got here. And how bad that first season was. And really, I mean, 4-14, four and 14, I think, in the Big Ten. The second year, maybe seven or eight wins in the Big Ten. But I think still in the second year, they had the most losses in a single season in Illinois basketball history, either as first or second year. And then the third year, you would have been probably a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. Would have been a dangerous team, a sexy pick to make the second weekend. And then COVID hits. Uh, probably a sexy pick to win the Big Ten tournament then, too. But that sets up last year where you have the most wins in the Big Ten and you win the Big Ten tournament and then sets up this year where it felt like so much was riding on it because you had to catch up and make up for lost, um, I don't want to say lost time, but there was that one white whale like in Moby Dick, right? Our, Our white whale was the Big Ten regular season championship despite having technically kind of gotten it last year. But all that matters is the trophy and the banner. So it was something that I was really harping on, Isaac, and that is why this is so satisfying and so relieving, It's, or I should say such a relief. You know, as much as I've harped on it here on this podcast, my biggest fear was getting through these three years where you had a pretty decent amount of talent, you had superstars in Iowa and Kofi, and having all the success in the Big Ten, my fear was that by the end of it, you would only have a Big Ten tournament title to show for it. And while that's nothing to sneeze at, it would have been difficult 10, 15 years down the road to point back and say, hey, these were part of the glory days. And then someone would say, you know, your kid, let's say, Isaac, when you take your little uh, whippersnapper to the games and they're looking up in the rafters and they say, oh, well, uh, Dad, I only see a Big Ten tournament championship in 2021. I thought you said it was great back then. And you're like, you'll just have to take my word for it, son. Well, no. Now it's going to be up there. I mean, Isaac, I grew up. When Illinois was winning all these Big Ten titles, 98, 2001, 2002, 2004, 2005, and I didn't take it for granted, not once, but five out of eight, you just get in this mindset that's going to happen over and over. But I do recall back in the 90s going to these games, and no, there wasn't a banner for 89 Big Ten champions because they didn't win it in 83 or 83, 84. They did, and then you'd have to go all the way back to the 50s. So this is not easy. And 18 is a lot in terms of number of Big Ten championships, but it has been feast or famine for this program. So that's why when I wake up tomorrow and I'm probably slap happy because I'm exhausted and thank God it's an easy day in terms of teaching. We already know what the kids are doing and I can just kind of sit back, do this a whole bunch of times and really just embrace the fact that we saw the 18th Illinois Big Ten 
regular season championship in front of our very eyes when we didn't think it was going to happen three, four, five different times in the last two weeks. It's storybook. It it is, and I'm calling this podcast once in a lifetime because a lot of success will happen, Isaac, but this sequence of events will never happen again. And it's, it still just feels unfathomable for me because again, it just feels like just yesterday we were freaking out about beating Michigan state, right? When you only had 11 wins. So the fact that you've come this far in this short amount of time, and it really does give me rest for the past couple of years, because, you know, you didn't get closure in the COVID season. Nobody did. You didn't get a satisfying ending last year, obviously. So the fact that now, I know you've said this a lot, you have something tangible, you have something physical that'll be up in the rafters. And I love too that these guys aren't going to be always thought about as the guys that were really solid, won you all those games, but never got the real banner. And I'm just so happy for them. And it's going to be so nice to look back. And when I come to State Farm Center 10 or 15 years, to look back and remember being at that game. And yeah, just how everything seemed to go our way today, at least. And I was missing some free throws and in Nebraska winning that game. It is, it's just crazy the roller coaster that, that this season has been. Because if you look at it on paper and going into the season, what we were expecting third or fourth in the Big Ten, obviously weren't expecting. Kofi to miss, Corbello to miss all that time, and RJ, like random stuff like RJ getting appendicitis right after it felt oh, like I know. he started cooking. And obviously COVID, stomach flu, yada, yada, yada. Now even tonight, Grandison, who I know he has his down games, but he really helped you win the game in Iowa City. He won you the game pretty much at Michigan State along with Kofi. And so Grandison now is in a sling, which – you know, might not be helpful in March, but it, it really is. It's surreal. It feels once in a lifetime. I can't believe, again, so many years growing up and just thinking that Illinois always chokes and I'm never going to see a winning team. And a lot of times that's why I like to ask you, you know, whenever I'm I'm feeling down or something dumb happens, like the Maryland and Michigan State loss a couple of years ago, like, you know, is this the worst you've ever felt or like have we ever been this disappointing or so the fact that now I can look back and think about how long it's been and how we finally have this banner and that things really can turn around and I I sound like I'm you know talking about some huge life story change or whatever but it's big though it's important it is storybook I mean you could I think it, you, you could make a documentary about it and Underwood deserves a ton, a ton of credit. Trent, DeMonte, these really, if in 10 or 15 years, Carp, we've made like nine or 10 tournaments and we have two or three, hopefully more Big Ten titles, you're going to look back to Io, but then you're really going to look back to Trent, DeMonte, and Kofi. And it's... I'm just so happy for those guys, too. I can't imagine if Trent would have left, which he obviously didn't play that well tonight. But 
I'm glad he wasn't forcing things. I know we're not even getting into the nitty gritty, but most importantly, just so happy for guys like Trent and Demonte because they've been so close, you know, the past few years, and now they're finally able to pull it out. They decided to come back, and the those are the guys that start programs, I think, and we've been lucky enough to have them. Hundred percent. We'll get in the nitty gritty right now. Actually, before we do, I want to throw the stat out there, and this is from Bobo. Illinois is 5-0 and against Iowa since the dust-up in the handshake line back on Super Bowl Sunday of 2020. And he continues, the last 10 games against Iowa and Michigan, Illinois is 10-0. and And then Max Power adds, if you factor in Wisconsin, you are 14-0 and in your last 14 games against Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin. That is incredible. Same. I mean, That's insane. Tell, find me three teams that you want to beat more. And I can't think of any. And, and, I mean, and I, Indiana maybe, but I mean, you beat them right. too. I mean, if you factor in Indiana, you're probably 19 and 0, 20 and 0. I don't know. It's incredible. Sorry, my voice is getting high. Lost it almost. No, yeah, it's again, like a few years ago, if you would have told me, Hey, you're going to go 14 and 0 the next few years against Wisconsin and Michigan and Iowa. I would have told you that pigs were going to fly more likely. And I can't stop saying and because Brad Underwood's done so many great, great things. It's his record in the Big Ten too is just crazy because you look at I think he's like 46 and 17 or 46 and 20 something the past few years or sorry, in his career. But think about how many of those came in the first couple of seasons. So it's just, it's it's hard to believe that. I th- so your most losses in Big Ten the past three years have been seven, right? A couple yeah. of years ago, you had seven. 13 and seven. Um, 13 and seven. So 15 and five. It's 16 and four a- last year. I mean, 16 and yeah. four. That's bananas. <laughs> Yeah, 16 and 4, and you didn't win the conference right. somehow. Now, by the way, uh, uh, this is something here. Uh, let's see here. from This is from Max Power. From 98 to 2005, let me make sure I get this here. I got the chat window on the phone. Okay, Max Power says something that really takes me back here. From 98 to 2005, the only, only the 2000 team didn't have much to be remembered by. 98 Big Ten champs. 99 Big Ten tournament run. 01 and 02 Big Ten champs. 03 Big Ten tournament champs. 04 and 05 Big Ten regular season champs yet again. That Isaac, that was the run. I mean, in 2000, the uh, non-tangible accomplishment year, if you want to call it that, for lack of a better term, you were still a four seed in the NCAA tournament, and you ended up losing by quite a bit to Florida. That was Lon Kruger's last year. That was the run. So now we can do a bit of comparative thing here, that run to this run, and now two years in a row you have something tangible in a weird way. This win tonight actually makes the Big Ten tournament win last year that much sweeter because now it feels like you're stacking accomplishments. You win the Bragg and Rights game again this year. You win a Big Ten tournament game last year. You win the Big Ten regular season championship this year. When recruits or players walk into Brad Underwood's office, now they got that big-ass Big Ten championship trophy, and it will stay there. So, you know, all these things really take me back, Isaac, to when you were far younger and you probably don't remember a lot from that 98 to 2005 era, but I'm thinking, okay, you know, as I mentioned before, my biggest fear was not having that same sort of tangible thing. Now you do, and as I want to make sure I get this right here, and I apologize, Twitch stream, it's just I have to read out of this 
um, chat thing on my phone, and it's so damn small. <laughs> Someone said about the second weekend, if you make the second weekend of the tournament this year, Isaac, it is an unqual- like a total success. Big 10 regular season champion, Sweet 16, I'm taking that every damn year, uh, to be honest, because we know the tournament's a crapshoot. If they make the second week in the tournament, I'm over the moon. And this takes so much pressure off of it before the NCAA tournament even starts. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was just thinking that as on, we were way, on our way home, my buddy texted me and said, Illinois will either play Michigan or Indiana, which, holy cow, I would much rather play Indiana. Because Hunter Dickinson still scares me, and I think Michigan's good. Anyways, but even if, say, we do get freakishly upset by Michigan Whatever. in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, like, we we won the Big Ten title, and yeah, we shared with Wisconsin, but we kicked the, their butts when they came to Champaign, and whatever. Wisconsin did close a lot of games out well. Now, the only thing... That would make this bitter, I would say, like, would not be making the or getting kicked out in the round of 32 would suck. It would. But it would suck a whole lot less now that we're Big Ten champs. So, again, there's a little asterisk there. That would be really, really, really annoying if that happened two years in a row, especially if you play some high seed that you're favored against. We're going macro. But. We're going macro, Isaac, and I want to hit a few more of those. We're eventually going to get nitty gritty. I promise. I mean, there was a game that Illinois won tonight, <laughs> but you know, we're talking larger things here about the Big Ten title because it's been such a long time coming. Uh, let's see. Name a leg. God dang! I'm so sorry, guys. My eyesight's terrible, and all I got is the damn phone here. Uh, Namleg, ninety-two. I think I got that right says everyone mattered so much Michigan State without Kofi and Andre Omar Payne game in Nebraska go back to DeMonte's put back dunk at Northwestern Isaac go back to gosh I'm trying to think here um, other close calls I mean shoot we can go back to Thursday if we're being honest a game where we knew that part of the reason the team was flat I mean and even I, not to make an excuse but part of the reason they were flat was probably Purdue having lost Tuesday but they won. So there's a lot of those. So Isaac, I, the question for you, first say what you were going to say, but then what win really sticks out the most? Because I have an answer to that. I, I was just going to add that even a couple weeks ago, I, I thought of this because I was there in East Lansing, but Tyson Walker, if Michigan State is one more oh, shot, you're losing that game mm-hmm. in East Lansing too. And every game just thinking about all the close wins but if i have to pick one game that stands out huh it's probably it's probably michigan state at home yes or 100 i agree yeah michigan state at home just because kofi didn't play and trent took over for a little bit in the second half luke goody had nine points and i remember go into that game and just not expecting much of anything because Michigan State was ranked and they were playing a lot better than they are now. And that was just a Trent iconic game. And you didn't score for what the final like five or six minutes and you ended up winning by one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Malik Hall misses a couple free throws. 
which man, we've been lucky with missed free throws now twice this year. Hey, it's but, been, we the luck. It's been a long time coming. So I, Alani true. fans, it don't apologize off. for a damn thing. Now, Isaac, we got a third guest. Well, I guess actually second guest because you're the first guest. Second guest, another co-host of the 200 level, ladies and gentlemen, Trevor Valise. Trevor, just take the floor. What do you got? A little muffled there. One more time. They did it. That's all I care about right now. There they he did is. It. There like, he is. Yep. We 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 can discuss, which is fine, and that's what we do. But I just the overwhelming feeling of of just exhale, like I just like okay, <laughs> like. And I mean, to Isaac's point right there, even at the end, like I'm pretty sure Iowa was fouled twice shooting a three under five minutes to go in the yes. game and twice missed two of the three free throws. hundred So I mean, that's like wow. four gimme points right <laughs> there. And, and and again, like, you know, you can throw it both ways. Okay, Kofi missed some that rimmed out too and that kind of thing. But to, to me, it was just, <clears throat> I was still waiting for the inevitable something to drop like i mean he's wide open on that last shot and i'm thinking it's going in and and then you'll have a second and a half to try and get down the court with no timeouts and i i don't know something about i'm having a hard time feeling a hundred percent the way i wanted and envisioned feeling only because it happened so quickly like 3 30 this afternoon i didn't think I, I was going for a walk like i was just like whatever i guess it was more like 2 30 and so it's like this, it's been this weird five hour whirlwind where it went from not even a possibility in my head to happening. And even the end of that game was sort of like that too, where, I mean, it just suddenly ended, you know, there wasn't like back and forth free throws for 10 minutes, which I'm not saying I wanted that, but it, it was just like, I don't know. It was, it was hard to wrap my head around the fact that, you know, again, five hours earlier, I was tuned out of the game when Wisconsin went up 10 and I was just like, whatever. And and here we are, and and we're doing this, and and it doesn't even feel like we backed into it because the one time we played Wisconsin, we destroyed them. It was a sixteen point win, really a thirteen because Davison hit like a three at the buzzer or whatever. But it was basically a sixteen point win, um, and and you're the one seed, so it's not even like you know Purdue, Wisconsin, and Ohio State were already all getting a share, and then we just happened to win today to add a fourth name to the share, which, again, like, that would have been fine, and I wouldn't have celebrated any less. But now to even sit back and think about, like, not only did you just back your way into a share on the final afternoon, but now you're the one seed. Like, you took over from them because the one time you played them, you were better than them. So, again, it's just been such an insane five or six hours and what feels like a very un-Illinois five or six hours, but I am not complaining one iota. And now they get to have fun on the Purdue side of the bracket if they happen to make it to Saturday. So have fun with that. But, I mean, Trevor, we were talking before we got on here about the storybook nature of this. And, uh, I mean, this day, to be honest, I went on a run this morning, and then Nebraska went up 10-3. to 3, And as we were texting, it's like, nope, nope, don't, don't, don't do this. And they did, and then they were down 12 in the second half. Ah, okay, I'm going to go about my day and enjoy an Illinois-Iowa game for what it is. Oh, 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 wait. Oh, no, they won. Holy crap. And immediately it's shifted, and you could sense it in the stadium. Like, I will say, Trevor, you mentioned the abrupt nature of it. It just happened, and it all happened in the span of hours. So I'll let you know, as someone that has experienced Big Ten regular season championships in years past, and I was a senior in high school the last time it happened, it doesn't, 
it, it doesn't ever necessarily hit you at the very beginning. So when, when Frank had the game winner at Minnesota in 2002, it was great and it felt awesome, but it takes a few days. I mean, you know what it's going to be, honestly, Trevor, and I can't wait for you and Isaac to get this. And I'm going to spend, I got like a budget of 300 bucks. I'm just going to buy a bunch of big 10 championship crap because it's been so damn long, but it's going to hit you, Trevor, when you go on a shopping spree for championship apparel and knickknacks. And, and then you're like, oh, wow. This is saved for posterity. This is this is here forever. Because growing up, Trevor, I can distinctly recall the 83-84 basketball championship mug on my dad's office desk. And for a good chunk of my childhood, that was the last Big Ten title until they got a surprise one in 98. These don't come often even for good programs. So, shoot, um, it, it'll hit you. In the most random ways, and Trevor, it's going to hit you time and time again. So that's the beauty of it. We're processing it, but the effect of it lingers a long time after we're done with this podcast tonight. Yeah, and I, that's eloquently put. And I can't wait to have those moments. And uh, I just, uh, I, I don't even. I, I'm being a terrible podcast co-host. I said I really the same thing before know. the start of this. We're gonna be. It's not gonna be the most eloquent podcast because we are. I, I, like I told Isaac, I'm just doing like I'm doing that every five minutes because I got no words to put to this. It really just felt like a, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm in a therapy session or something, because I mean, at the end of the day, it's college basketball, right? Yeah, but it means um, something, though. Yeah, But it, it just it, it weighed on me, you know, and just to yes. think of the the poetic nature, as you pointed out, of like basically two years ago today, COVID started and it was Illinois, Iowa. And, and I, again, I'm not saying COVID's over, but now it just feels like, you know, you're in there. No one has to wear a mask. And now we're celebrating a Big Ten title. It just feels like this entire two years culminated in tonight for me mentally as a sports fan. And so that's just, oh, what, it's just been such a long time. I mean, two years ago next week, we were saying, oh, my God, we, we're not going to have an NCAA tournament. And we never find out what happens to that, that team. And then the next year, you get gypped out of a Big Ten title and immediately bounce in the tournament. And so it just—it's not like this necessarily single-handedly makes up for every wrongdoing, but it just feels like such a a weight of a, a metaphorical monkey off my back as a fan to just like you said, just sit here and exhale and just feel like, okay, I don't want to lose to Drexel in the first round again. Don't get me wrong, but just okay. Like now we have a thing. No one can contest said thing, and I can wave it in someone's face forever, and I will. <laughs> and by the way, Jalen had asked about favorite win of the year, and I I got that mixed up with a uh, earlier uh, text. And I'm going to get through this text thread, guys. We got we got a lot of them, but I do want to get a little bit micro here. Kofi was fantastic. It was a legacy game for him. He answered the call. And Isaac, it wasn't a perfect game for Kofi. There were a few missed bunnies, but. Damned if he didn't put everything on the court tonight, as cliche as that may sound. And you could see a guy that was a little bit tired at the end. But I thought he had the bounce in his step that reminded me of sophomore year Kofi. I think that um, all things considered, you could not have asked for more from him. He was your leading producer in points and rebounds. He was everything you could have hoped for. And to be honest, I actually felt good about Kofi going into this game because for the most part, he plays pretty damn well against Iowa. And this was just a continuation of that. Yeah, you could tell Kofi, some things you can't absolutely control, right? You're going to miss some bunnies, and it feels like Kofi's missed a lot of bunnies recently. But 
his effort felt like all night was there and it felt like it was pretty much a hundred percent and he grabbed a lot of boards like he should every game. And you know, my favorite thing I think Kofi did, he definitely didn't limit the Murray twins when he was guarding them or brothers. I think they're brothers. They're brothers. Twins, but no, I think twins, right? That was by far the, that was, I think so. But by best I've seen Kofi guard outside of the paint. I mean, he got a couple fouls on called, but there was a couple times where he was Ding up the Murray brothers outside out by the three point line. Like he Kofi decided, okay, I'm gonna shifty and I'm gonna show the Big Ten why maybe they're a, a super long shot to be the player of the year, but then I'm I'm an all American and um I think Kofi just established his dominance early and he played with that effort. And that's what you want to see every night. That's what we want to see coming up in March. And what was so frustrating, even in the Penn State game, it was like, I don't know, something, he just wasn't there mentally. And the fact that he got up for this game and and definitely played balls to the wall was very, very encouraging. And you hope that he keeps that up. So when you do play teams in March, I mean, we forget, right, that there's only a handful of teams in all of college basketball that have something that can guard Kofi, that have a couple seven-footers that can guard Kofi. So if Kofi plays like that and plays 110% like he did tonight, your odds of winning a couple games in the Big Ten Big Ten tournament and a couple games in, in uh, the NCAA tournament are very, very high. This is from Bobo. He has the stat line for Kofi. 21 points, 14 boards, and... Uh... Three blocks. Now, Trevor, I want to kick it to you for a guy that we used to malign because early in the season it was so tantalizing how good he was, and then there was a really big dip. But, you know, just like I said with Georgie last year in the Big Ten Tournament Championship, you don't win without Georgie. You don't win a lot of these games down the stretch without Coleman Hawkins. He has been superb, and I think maybe he had six points total, so it's not about that. He might have had double-digit rebounds. Defensively, he kept Keegan Murray to a reasonable 20 points or whatever he had. You will take that because that guy can light up 30, no problem. Coleman Hawkins, Trevor, is a joy to watch. And that sounds hyperbolic. But I'm watching a smart basketball player. I'm watching a guy that bust his ass defensively. And he just has a knack for where to be and when to be there. That is such a far cry from help three weeks ago so that to me has been the most positive development down the stretch apart from winning enough games to win a big 10 title and as someone said earlier in this thread i mean that is really the x factor for this team if they're going to make a second weekend in the tournament or make a run coleman plays like this yeah i think they can i really do Uh, i've got it here in front of me keegan was seven for 23 which like you'll take that any night i mean i understand that he had you know, I mean, I understand he had 22 points, but on 23 shots, I mean, fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, Coleman gets two blocks, a steal, two assists, 11 rebounds, nine points. So he basically double doubles and picks up two blocks and two steals as well. I just think that he is the epitome of you don't have to overdo it, but as long as you aren't actively underdoing it, you can be a big help. Now, tonight he did overdo it in a positive way, but just to your point lately, it just feels like, Early, there was sort of a, and, and this is tricky, you know, I mean, baseball players get the yips and this kind of thing, but as soon as he'd get in, you know, it'd be like a drinking game. He'd either foul or do something silly, <laughs> and then within 10 seconds, Underwood pulls him. And, I, you know, I get it. That's a quick trigger, but, hey, what are you going to do if he's out there killing you, you know? But 
I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I don't think there was like a specific dire situation where you just had to play him and then he suddenly flipped a, a switch or I, I can't remember if there was like one moment where it was like, he's back. I don't know if there was, but just the way he has played down the stretch has encouraged me so much, both for him personally moving forward. And like you said, for this team moving forward, because I mean, frankly, he has played Omar Payne out of a spot more or 100%, less because yeah. he can, he can either play the four or he can play the backup five at, at times. Um, and I mean, tonight he was, like I said, at more than just not someone who was killing you. I mean, he was probably your, your third or second best player behind Kofi. I think second. Um, and I just, think second. Those plays he makes, right? Like where he just grabs the board and rips it away from the guy. And it's like, damn, like he really has something in him that it, when it's clicking, he is absolutely no doubt the X factor of this team. And that, it's just so exciting to see that consistently here. I know he struggled shooting a little bit against Penn State because they didn't guard him. Um, but And I know he had one pass where he threw it away tonight. But just overall, I've just it's been such a 180 on him so quickly that it's just been so encouraging. 37 minutes. 37 minutes for Coleman. This just came from Bobo. Uh, one thing I want to hit real quick is a few people uh, – Put this in the text thread. Stephen Colbert, not, I don't think it's the actual Stephen Colbert. Maybe it is. Maybe he's an Illini fan. Says it that is. along with many other people that there were one year, one more year chance for Kofi. And he sort of acknowledged that. And I would not be surprised. And we haven't really talked too much in depth about this on the podcast, but we've alluded to it in our own text thread that that would not be a shock at this point because he's not an NBA. He's not on any draft board. And with name image likeness, that would certainly be something for, for him to consider and that you have enough guys, new guys, new talent coming in next year that I would like to see that bridge between the new guys and if you still had a Kofi. And uh, that leads me to the other guy that would be one of those, I don't know, foundational pieces next year, Andre Curbelo. Now, Isaac and Trevor, I need to hear from both of you guys on this. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac first, then Trevor. Now, Curbelo was driving us all crazy, right? Yet... As someone had put here, and I again, I'm so bad with these names here. I'm sorry, guys. I apologize for this. Basically, 14 of 16 points at one point in the second half either came from Coleman or Corbello. He did turn it on, and even though he had another bonehead, one bonehead play before he got out of the game, and he had many bonehead plays, unfortunately, he still had a lot of big plays. So, Isaac, I understand that there's this sort of, well, that's what you get with Corbello. He was making us crazy, but he did have some absolutely clutch plays late. So I guess it is what it is at this point, Isaac, where, I mean, you got to give him credit for helping you win that game, and he did. But damn, did he not make it more difficult to have to come back in the first place because he was just being his most curbello for far too long in that game. I was going to say maybe – can't let Trevor talk about Curbelo because then you'd have to put the parental guidance uh, on this on this podcast. But Probably so. Curbelo was doing Curbelo-y things. I think the most Curbelo-y type things since the Marquette game, we would all agree there was a, a stretch where you had Curbelo mess-ups combined with Iowa going, what, 12 or 13 shots in a row. And, I mean, you you weren't playing that great a defense in there either, but it, it made it seem a lot worse. So maybe it wasn't completely on Curbelo because Iowa was just making everything. So you had his mistakes combined with the good of Iowa that were just really, really harmful. The first half, 
man, he couldn't get out of his own way, but then he would come down and make a play. He had a few big, big buckets in the second half. There was a stretch. I'm not kidding you or me and the guy right behind me. We were both, you know, talking and screaming the whole time. And there was a stretch where Curbelo, I think, had that. Kofi sealed it off and he put it in and you brought it to two or four. And then Curbelo got fouled. And then a couple minutes later of game time, you Curbelo shot that three. That was very, very unnecessary. So... (laughs) I think the dude and I, the dude next to me, we both within like a couple minutes were screaming Curbelo's name and then screaming, take him out um, right after that. And then we kind of looked at each other because we realized how back and forth we were. But that's that's the Curbelo you get. Now, the weird thing I will say, and I think I said this in the text thread, this Curbelo almost seems less mature than last year. Right, I would have expected this type of Curbelo from freshman Curbelo, and then last year it felt like, yeah, he would have some turnovers, but he he just seemed a lot more secure with the ball. And it is interesting that we were talking about this in November, right, with Curbelo doing selfish things and feeling like he needs to take over. Like, how many more times do you need to pound it into Curbelo's head? Well, don't pound it into his head because he's got concussion problems, but. How many times do you need to remind Curbelo, you have an All-American on your team. You have the best three-point shooter in the Big Ten on your team. You have a dude that's probably going to get his jersey in the rafters and is one of the greatest players in the history of Illinois and Trent Frazier. You got Coleman Hawkins now. I don't know what more he needs to be reminded that he's got other dudes and I think when he gets into that into that mode where he hit he made a few big big plays and then he followed it up with that three that was very unnecessary so I think he he just gets in his head and I'm sure he wants to be you know the guy that everybody remembers and tonight I would say it evened each other out because he was probably the reason that Iowa went up double digits on you but then he was also a big reason you brought it back there in the second half Trevor, I have a thought about Curbelo. Now, first off, this is from Bobo with the stat line for Curbelo. 14 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 4 turnovers. And I think the unfortunate thing with that stat line, I mean, the first three things are great. 16, 6, and 4. Wow. 4 turnovers, Trevor. But here's the thing. A couple of those shot attempts are basically turnovers. I mean, so, I mean, really, it felt like more like 6 or 7 turnovers from him. And I think I was annoying the guy in front of me because I was just pulling my hair out about Curbelo and... He said something where I thought, oh, shoot, I, I think I offended him by talking too much trash about Curbelo. But really, Trevor, I look at it like, like this. Just do what Coleman's doing. Like, we know the talent is there for Curbelo. We don't need him to be a superstar. All of these good things could have happened exclusive from the bad things. I don't think it has to be a package deal. So as we go down the stretch, Trevor, what is a realistic expectation? Or is the realistic expectation... Just that this is what it is. It is just a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing, and you need to live with it. Yeah. I thought, but we're never getting that. Like Probably it, not. Andre Corbello, Andre Corbello can't help himself. I've seen enough to know that, and that's fine. We are all watching the Andre Corbello show whether we like it or not. That's the long and short of it. I mean, that's, that line is actually better than I Felt like it was watching it live, but I mean, I look and he's four for 12 and then one for four from three. Like, I I don't understand the mid-range and the threes. I don't get it. 
Uh, he's shooting 29% from three. Why? I, 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 he doesn't need to take a single three. And here it is, like a two-possession game with the Big Ten title on the line, and he's taking a three. And then he's going behind his back with a pass to absolutely nobody. It hits the ref's leg, uh. so it's Illinois' ball. Like, that was a turnover if that didn't happen. I just feel like sometimes, and I don't want to get over it negative here, right? We just won the freaking Big Ten, so I'm not stop me before I get too much on our roll. But now you're fine. It, it just feels like, like sometimes if there's a full court press, I feel like in his mind he wants to dribble into a double team so that he can like somehow split it and go through him and then throw it behind his back to somebody else. We don't need it. I mean, to your point, Carp, like Trent scored two points tonight, still one. I don't need. Sports Center top five Corbello. Like it, it, the like you said, the good doesn't have to come with the bad, but I don't think we have a choice right now. This is what we're getting. And I, I think we've seen enough of it for me to feel confident in labeling it very stubborn and somewhat selfish of him to continue taking these god awful shots. And you know, again, like I you know, I get it, right? Like the awful shot, and I'm like, gosh. And then the next possession, he somehow like palms the ball and gets an and one. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that is patently absurd. <laughs> I just feel like, I just feel like we're at a point now heading into what will be his junior year. And look, I get it. This year was a, a more or less a scratch for him, but yeah. um, I, 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 I didn't think to Isaac's point, I didn't think when we talk about, well, Corbello is kind of a peak and Valley roller coaster guy. I, I don't think the Valley needs to be this low or this extreme. Like it doesn't have to be Curbelo takes six ill-advised mid-range jumpers has four turnovers and looks like the Tasmanian devil out there. Like, like I understand there's good and bad, but it doesn't have to be like Marquette level bad. It, it just doesn't have to be that way. And so, you know, again, I think that's somewhat stubborn on his part to continue taking those shots because I mean, you were damn lucky that those didn't cost you more than they did. And, and, and yeah, I mean, he helped dig you a 13-point hole and helped climb you out of it. But also, maybe he just shouldn't have to do that. Like, make three good passes and a few good drives, and that's it. We don't – I mean, that's spectacular that he can get you into a jam and then back out of it. But how about we just don't get in a jam? Like, yeah, it seems easy. I, I don't know. Easier. I, again, I will repeat it. Curbelo is – is is who he is, and we're all watching the Andre Corbello show, and you just have to sit back and accept it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, and I think that man, God, when he's good, he's good, uh, and defensively too. I I thought that, you know, I'm I'm really at first struggling. Why is Plummer not in there more in the last ten minutes? But really, Plummer wasn't doing much offensively either, so it made a little bit of sense that Corbello was out there for his plus defense. He had one or two boneheaded plays in the last ten minutes of the game, but. Compared to what he'd been doing earlier, it was less, and he was making impact plays. So it's just one of those situations where, God dang, when he's good, he's so good. And it's like, just, you know, if you're going full throttle, go 80% throttle, and we'll probably have just the right amount of bellow. But as some of the people on the thread are saying, for him. no, yeah. And, and it's tricky too, because you also don't want to take someone's legs out from under them and say, well, don't be you. Because part of his spectacularness, if that's a word, probably isn't, is that he can make these ridiculous plays. And I tell you what, there was another, you could have argued continuation. They didn't give him the and one, but it damn well could have been. He had about two of them that were incredible. So I I watch that and say, God dang, 
He is so good. And I will say this. Here's my theory, guys. Positive before we go into a couple more macro things before we close out. Maybe the positive for Corbello in this game is that, for the most part, he did close pretty well. He was a big reason why you won that game in the last 10 minutes, part of that defense. Um, and, I, and that's the last thing I want to hit on, guys. You know, Trevor and then Isaac. Trevor, the defense was phenomenal in the last 10 minutes. You made an Iowa offense that is, I think according to Ken Palm, isn't, is it not number one or it's top five? I mean, it's way up there. I think. It's third in the nation. Third. You made them look pedestrian late. And I know that, yes, Keegan Murray had a decent look at the end of it. But you know what? When you go seven for 23 from the field, that means that your defense is doing something. So ultimately, they had that 13 shots in a row stretch or whatever crazy thing it was in the first half. In the last 15, I'll, I'll say the last 10 minutes of the game specifically, your defense was just locked down. And, and Curbelo had a part of that. Hawkins had a huge part of it. And Trevor, back to Kofi's legacy game. Him having to defend Chris Murray all the way out to the perimeter and still having any juice left at the end is pretty remarkable. That is him playing out of position, and I think overall he did a damn good job of it. So I'm not going to say A-plus for defense because Iowa had some stretches where you couldn't stop him, but I'm going to say a solid A given the, the circumstances of this game. Yeah, the first half was probably a C, and the second half was an A-plus, so he averaged that out, and it should be probably an A-minus at least. Yeah. I mean... Bohannon had zero points on two shots. Jeez, Trent, <laughs> Trent. <laughs> right, and and this is a guy who hoists, I mean, like it or not, sort of like the Curbelo show with him. Like, Bohannon's either going to hit 10 threes or one, but you can damn well be sure he's taking 10. So the fact that he took two shots, I know he was Incredible. in foul trouble, but um, it, it's, it's, it's an, I mean, they almost had half as many points in the second half as they did in the first half. The, the defense was, was clamps down, specifically for the last, 10 or so minutes of that game. I think the, I liked a little bit of the switch up with the full court, like, you know, one, two, two type of thing, um, mm-hmm. just to keep them on their toes for a minute. But yeah, I mean, Coleman, I think had a two blocks. It felt like Kofi had two. He might've only had one. He had two. Um, but yeah, he had two. And so, I mean, it, it was, just, it was a very, very encouraging um, switch, flip switch from, from the first half to the second half, because I mean, we're going into the halftime, and I know everybody's like, how the hell are we only down six? But, I mean, they almost had – they almost 50 burgered you in the first half, and they finished with 70-ish. So, you know, a really strong defensive effort. I didn't think anyone was horrible defensively, honestly. I mean, Curbelo at least played with that frenetic energy that you want from him on the defensive end. Uh, Plummer, I didn't think, was terrible. And, and yeah, to your point, Kofi on – Chris Murray, I kept saying, or at least in my head, saying like, oh, God, oh, God. And there was a few switches, too, with with Trent on Murray yeah. and Kofi was on, like, Perkins at the top of the key. And, and, I mean, I'm not saying he, like, shut him down or anything, but he held his own. I mean, I don't remember one play tonight where the mismatch was Kofi on the guard at the top of the key and he cooked him. I, I don't think it happened once. I mean, on that switch with Perkins, Kofi got the block. And then with Chris Murray, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a thing of beauty, but he didn't let him get by him. Um, so, yeah, A-plus from Kofi tonight. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. He came up big when he needed it the most. And, Isaac, I want to kick it to you because the defense was spectacular. But I think one thing in the whole Big Ten championship conversation, which, I mean, we're going to have this. And, and I'm going to do – I had a couple texts here about, you know, I will do a midweek one before the Big Ten tournament, of course. And maybe I'll be a little more eloquent then because I feel like I'm stumbling over my words quite a bit tonight. Um, but it's impossible not to. 
But Isaac, you know, aside from winning the Big Ten title, you beat the hottest team in the Big Ten. This is a quad one win. I would think when all is said and done, it's a quad one win. If not, it, I mean, borderline. And I was probably going to end up with maybe a six seed in the NCAA tournament. So this is another thing to bolster your resume. And I think at worst, Isaac, we're looking at a four seed. And you're in possession if you make a run in the Big Ten tournament to maybe get up to the three line. And that might be a good thing so you can avoid those one seeds. But, um, I mean, Isaac, let's just look at this game in a vacuum. It was a big win. I mean, there were so many things. Trent scoring two points, you won. Um, Crabello doing some silly things, you won. Not having Jacob Grandison, you won. Uh, Kofi was the one thing going in where he said Kofi's got to be Kofi, and he was. But a lot of other things had to happen in a kind of roundabout way. So to me, Isaac, it was ugly. It was scary. Part of it was like, how the hell are we up? Five? When we were up 73 to 68, I thought, how? I, I don't know how. But they were. And ultimately, that's all that matters. So at the end of the day, in a vacuum, this is a big win, a really big win. Oh, it's a huge win. And I'd have to double check, but I know as of a couple of weeks ago, the win at Iowa was technically still your best win because somehow they were 20th in the net. And now they've proven that they are top 20, top They're 25 in the net because, uh, yeah, because of some of their, I mean, when the Murray brothers are on, and if you get Bohannon hitting a couple threes, like we, we got very fortunate tonight that Iowa cooled off in the second half. I think our defense got a lot better, but I mean, look at the shot they got in the final few seconds. And the fact that you were able to survive that barrage from them in the first half is, is amazing. I will say going back to the Coleman Hawkins tidbit real quick, February 8th, when he played Wisconsin at home, I saw a tweet that he only played two minutes and I think he just recorded like one or two fouls. So hard to believe he's come this far and hopefully he, he keeps this up. Cause if you can have a reliable guy to guard, big forwards and then get you eight to 10 points and eight to 10 rebounds. That's huge. That's what Illinois has been missing for so long. But yeah, that that's a huge, huge win. You like, you like this momentum going into the big 10 tournament because it, it felt like more times than not the past few weeks, we've had momentum killers, mainly the Ohio state game. And then, I mean, after the Penn state game, we all felt like, Hey, this team could very easily not make it to the second weekend. So, again, beating the hottest team in the Big Ten, not stopping uh, Keegan Murray for the most part, he's going to get his, but he definitely had the subpar game. And so happy for Kofi because he's had a few stinkers recently, but he was a dog. He imposed his will. And yeah, you just like the rest of the season, you were able to embrace the struggle, embrace Trent only having two points, embrace Curbelo's chaos, embrace Grandison being out. And we forget too, Goody and Melendez hit two huge, yes. huge shots. Yes. And you go from freshmen and then you go to the seniors. Uh, DeMonte, I believe, made that last free throw, your yep. last point of the game, and then Trent got the rebound. So... From freshmen making plays to seniors, you really just had everybody stepping up. And uh, it it was just an awesome atmosphere. Again, so happy for those guys. But you're, you're definitely trending in the right direction again. Now, hopefully, you haven't hit your peak yet. Like we talked about last year, you possibly hit your peak too early. And like you said, getting that three seed can be huge, uh, which you don't really think about because we're not usually in that three, four spot problem. Um, but... 
getting that three seed could be huge for making the second weekend. What a conversation. We're having a conversation about getting the three seed. I remember last year when they had the first drop of the seedings and Illinois, I think was a two or maybe they were one back in February, but regardless, just being like, holy crap, are you kidding me? Like we're back in that conversation. All right. Last word for each of you guys, because unfortunately my alarm is for five fifty, and I'll have to teach those ragamuffins at school tomorrow, but I, I'm okay to be exhausted and slap happy uh, when I see them because I mean, this is something that has not happened in 17 years. So I want to end first with Trevor and then Isaac, Trevor, you know, you mentioned earlier, like therapy session, you didn't want to make it sound like that, but you also mentioned the weight of not having had that big 10 regular season championship. And now that they have it, I, I guess I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm just going to sort of do what Jack Buck and Lante love when Jack Buck did this. I'm just going to say, go and you go. So Trevor go. Wow, that is a hard. I I would hate that if I was on the other end of the jackpot. No. It's hard, yeah. Um, yeah, no. I I just think that it was weighing on all of us, just in the sense of we couldn't go to a game last year, and it just feels like we've been in this fool me once, fool me twice mode with this group of guys, and that's not anything personal against them. Where you know we were talking about it, we had kind of made peace with the idea that whatever happens, happens, and if this. You know, it feels like here. Would you like a Big Ten? Oh no, never mind. You lost. Would you like another chance? Nope, you're gonna lose again. Okay, how about a third <laughs> chance at Ohio State at home? Nope, never mind. You're gonna you're gonna lose that too. So you know, if you get a fourth one and you lose again, I, I almost couldn't be mad. I mean, that's not true. I would have been frustrated. I, I, I get it though. I wouldn't it, have been as mad. I would have just been like, well, it is what it is. I would have been mad. Plus, well, this is our fate. This is what this team was destined to do. Right. Um, like the the nature in which it came today makes me makes it not quite hit me the same as if we just sort of ran the table this season and had win loss win loss and, and got 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 the you know got it taken care of in the end. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't have had it any other way when I look back on it because I mean I would have been a mess all week thinking about how we probably would lose this game or oh my god what would happen if we lost this game and so maybe it was better for. For all the, the torture and the mental burden and the weight of what has happened with, during sports and COVID and all this, maybe it was prophetic and 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 good that it sort of just crept up on us out of nowhere and and now it happened. And again, like I, I also take solace in the idea that this isn't in any way unjust that we are sure that we are you know are a part of this. Like it's not like Wisconsin was way better. And then they lost three in a row at the end of the year and we won three and, and sort of backed our way in. Like this is what we were wanting all year. And, and then it was suddenly yanked away from us and then handed back to us. So I feel like it was our rightful place to claim it. Um, and I just, I, I couldn't feel more, uh, I don't know, just giant exhale. <laughs> Those yeah. are the two words I would use to describe today more than anything. It's just giant exhale. Catharsis. I mean, that's what it is to me is, is a whole lot of the gross era, the last five or six years of Weber and the first two years of Underwood. And then the last three years, which have been a wild ride and Underwood's the guy. I mean, we all agree on that. There's no question that you got your guy and the, uh, <laughs> the sort of lovable, I mean, especially when they're winning, but I, I just think he is the most charismatic guy that we've had since self. I mean, that's, that goes without saying, and that we may have found our guy who's not going to go anywhere. And if he does, it would have to be like a Duke or something like that. And you know what? Um, that means you've accomplished a lot. So 
it's a really good position to be in where you got the guy that seems like the right fit in so many ways, and he has done something that not even Lou Henson did. It took Lou, I think, a seventh or eighth year to win a Big Ten title. That was impressive back then. This is even more impressive because it was preceded by two teams that were Big Ten title worthy. So Trevor, 100%. It is a huge exhale. It's catharsis, and it is a sense of... Um, I don't know. It's like if Rise of Skywalker would have really been good and it would have like ended the whole thing on, oh, that's it. That's how you end it. Yeah, I ha- listen. Right. Rise of, Rise of Skywalkers, if you would have won the Big Ten tournament again this year. Yeah, I saw some old friends and, you know, Luke was in it for a scene and I guess it was kind of fun. But no, this is like if they really would have stuck the landing and this team stuck the landing and still we have weeks of basketball left to play, hopefully. Rise of Skywalker is like it's. I I have no problem with it, honestly, personally. But you have to uh, put together a statement before you like. You have to qualify saying it's good by defending it. Correct. It's, it's the same thing with like you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we won that Big Ten title. Like now, can we all be fully honest that that wasn't a hundred percent satisfying? Like it was in the moment, doing it last year, winning the Big Ten tournament title, but. It, it sort of felt like, okay, good. Now I have something to, you know, tangibly grasp onto in case it doesn't actually happen. But this yeah. is this is the real thing. There's nothing that you need to qualify or defend. You know, Illinois went thirty-one and nine in the Big Ten over the last two years. You thoroughly dominated the Big that Ten the last three years, basically. And 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 I just would have hated so much forever for the rest of my life to have to say to people, yeah, they were dominant in the Big Ten. But they finished second three straight years. You know what I mean? Like, it just would have been annoying to have to explain, well, see, the one year, the thing with COVID, and then the next year, Wisconsin, they had this weird team. Like, now I don't have to say anything. I just wear the shirt, and no one says, that's not true, or, hey, you can't claim that, or, you know, none of that. It's just, it is what it is, and that gives me so much mental peace. Peace, and then I think the joy will creep in. In the next week. I think that's when the joy really hits because we're just processing all of it right now. And then Isaac, last word for you, bud. And and then we'll all get some shut eye or try to at least. That'll be difficult in a good way. Um, Isaac, big year for you. You're getting married. Illinois, Big Ten regular season championships. Already, we're probably looking at 2022 being the best year of your life um, for many reasons. Not, Not to compare this to a wedding, of course. But as you sit here tonight and you think back on the experience of this game... And the roller, the game was really kind of a summation of the year, and that it was a roller coaster of a game for what was a roller coaster of a year. And yet, somehow, some way, Underwood has steadied the ship. You finished 15 and 5 in this conference despite injuries, despite inconsistent play, uh, moments where we just thought, God dang, do we just suck? But no, you're 15 and 5. You won 75% of your Big Ten games, you went 7 and 3 on the road. And you won a game at the end of it to clinch a Big Ten title against a red-hot Iowa team. It is as legit of any Big Ten championships that that I've seen from this program. So for you, as the first one that you really get to relish because of your age, what are your thoughts as you try to get any semblance of sleep tonight? I would say amazing, uh, satisfying, and yeah, just, just overwhelmed. I again, I, I feel like I can't appreciate it yet. And to Trevor's point, most of my life as an Illinois fan, you kind of have to explain 
Well, you know, we would have made the tournament if that Rutgers guy would have missed the three uh, eight years ago. <laughs> thank God he, thank God he if, made it, to be honest. Right. If, if so-and-so didn't get in trouble with the law, we probably would have uh, went, went to a bowl game this year or, you know, all those, all those weird excuses. And this probably would have been, if Wisconsin would have backed their way into a title, this probably would have been right up there with all-time excuses uh, for why Illinois didn't accomplish something. Obviously, COVID last year was uh, just crazy. But, yeah, well, uh, Wisconsin beat us because they were the luckiest team statistically ever in the history of college basketball, pretty much. But now we don't have to say that, whatever. I don't care that we shared it with them. And it is just tangible. You can say you're Big Ten champs. Like you said, I'm definitely going to buy some apparel. Um, And just personally... It's going to be a huge year, and knowing that we're Big Ten champs all year, that you have uh, recruiting success going forward, and the last... Again, I've been to every single home game this year besides the Maryland game. Um, There's been ups and downs there. I remember the Texas Rio Grande Valley game. Oh God! Uh, earlier yeah. this year, you almost lost. You almost lost. It was like 90 to 88 or something like that. And, and and then the Ohio State game was a weird feeling, the Purdue game. And then just to end the year like that, and I actually missed the Iowa game a couple of years ago because I was on spring break. So I wasn't there when they 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 won to get that four seed. And I'm a lot more happy I was here this time and got to just experience that in person, see everybody storming the court and seeing on the big screen, Big Ten champs, you just have to... I know it, it sounds cheesy, but just growing up, getting frustrated and telling my mom, you know, like uh, having a little a little pouting session and mom, why did you have to go to U of I? You know, why why did I have to be raised to U of I fan? And she would always say, you know, we used to be good and we're going to be good again someday. So seeing all that come into fruition um, and like Trevor was saying, no more excuses. We're the Big Ten champs. We're going to have a banner. And all that coming together, it's it's really going to be storybook. I'm going to remember this season forever. Yeah, it would have been nice to only lose one or two games and just dominate everybody. But what a story this season's going to be. You know, Curbelo misses all these games. Kofi ends up coming back this year. Trent DeMonte came back. Uh, you got a lot out of your freshmen you weren't expecting. Coleman Hawkins went from starter to nothing to saving you the season. Um, Omar Payne won you the game at Nebraska. I mean, what a season. What a season. And you were able to pull it out. And more importantly, against Iowa, too. And Fran McCaffrey. And now we don't have to... You know, my hatred for Iowa goes down a little bit, too, because they missed some of those free free throws. Yeah, thank you, uh, Iowa. Thank you. But, yeah, just honestly, storybook. I can't wait in 15, 20 years when they make... The documentary. I don't, there, so the flying line. I was the '89, whatever team. What would this stretch of line teams be called? Do you think? I mean, I don't know about a name, but I do think that this is similar to the '98 to 2001 or 2002, and kind of just reaffirming that you are a top Big Ten program and. Um, but what does separate it from that is that Lon Kruger inherited a, a decent program from Henson and had some immediate success. 
Then Bill Self inherited a really good program from Lon Kruger. So that was an upward trajectory. There was no rebuild. This is truly from the studs up. And it's been a, a total foundational job by Underwood. So, guys, as li- I let you go, one final thought as you guys are both talking. It hit me that if you go back to April of 2021, when Adam Miller transfers out and Kofi's not coming back, and we're thinking, Jesus Christ, who's going to be on this team next year? And if you would have told me in those darkest moments, I remember podcasting out of after Adam Miller transferred out. If you would have told me in those darkest moments that, oh, it's all good. They're going to win a Big Ten title next year. I would have thought you were crazy. That speaks to Underwood. That speaks to some of these veterans coming back. A lot of things had to go right. And if I'm being honest, guys, for all the bad luck of Illinois basketball in my lifetime, I can't really say that there's been as much bad luck as good luck in the last three years. So maybe, in fact, the tides are shifting a little bit. And uh, if so, Trevor, last word here, bud. Um, I'm here for the ride because this is a lot of fun, even with the frustrations. And actually, the frustrations make this all the more satisfying. Yeah, I was going to say, first of all, it, it makes it instantly so easy to, to sit here a year from now with you two and BS. Like, remember when Demonte just annoyed the piss out of me for like a month and a half? You know, <laughs> just stuff like that. Now, now I feel fully validated in being able to just sit back and laugh about it instead of, Remember when Trent scored two points and you didn't win on a senior night? Now we can just sit here and go, yeah, that was weird that he only scored two points. So it, it feels very liberating to be able to talk about it in that way. Um, and yeah, to your point, just you know, quickly, like you lost your entire staff. You lost Kofi because he went to the transfer portal after declaring for the draft. And you're like, what the hell? You lose Adam Miller on a random Friday afternoon at like three o'clock. Yeah. Jeff Borzello tweets, Adam Miller has entered the transfer portal. And you're like, what? That has to be like a mistake tweet or something. And then the next week, Trent Frazier enters. I don't even know if you remember this, like the Puerto Rican basketball draft or something. We weren't sure he was coming back. And so, and I guess the same with DeMonte, although it wasn't really like DeMonte watch. Is he coming back or isn't he? But just so much potential turnover and then so much actual turnover on the staff, I would not have believed you one bit if you told me in that month that we'd be sitting here tonight talking about this. Brad Underwood. That's that's the story. At the end of it, you boil it down to one guy, and that's Brad Underwood, and it's pretty remarkable what he's done. And I've never seen anything like this. I was not alive for the early Henson days, and I think this is like that on steroids. So I'm excited to see what happens going forward, including the next few weeks. Uh, Trevor, you may be going to the Big Ten tournament, so uh, we'll we'll keep in touch about that. I, I hope to make it over for a game Saturday or Sunday if Illinois makes it that far. Um, Isaac, we will be in touch as well. I, I think Friday it's an early game, so I will be here after parent-teacher conferences. And they ended 11, which is perfect. I'll come right back here. Watch Illinois play Michigan-Indiana, as I'm sure many people will be taking an extended lunch break. But for now, guys, it is time to get some shut-eye if we can at all help it. Illinois basketball, Big Ten regular season champions in 2022. Trevor and Isaac, I'm going to go down a Twitter rabbit hole and find as much Illini video clips and you name it. I want to see the Underwood walking in the locker room thing, all of it. I'm probably going to be up until 1230, um, but try to get at least a few hours of sleep and I will be texting you guys in the morning. All right, Big Ten champs. Adios. See you, Isaac. Trevor. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. It, it's funny because like every first couple words that Trevor says are muted. He says, which is his usual sign off. 
Well, uh, thank you guys on Twitch for sticking around for as long as you did. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Illinois Big Ten champions. I was a senior at Urbana High School the last time this happened. I actually got a text from a friend. We walked into school the next day, and we worked on the newspaper staff, and we had this big kind of like a Illini basketball shrine, including a T-shirt, if you recall this, from when Bill Self went to the last Illini banquet when he was here. 94.5 WLRW, they had this big I love myself T-shirt thing. So we had this thing that was like a voodoo doll. We beat the hell out of this T-shirt, and uh, then Weber had a lot of success his first two years. And at that moment in my young life, I thought, we're going to be doing this forever. We're going to win Big Ten titles. That's just what we do. It's not easy. And Underwood did it in five years, and you could argue really in four. It's been a crazy run. And I do also feel like this is just the beginning. As much as we're going to look back on Iowa and Kofi and Trent as really the three guys that turned this thing around more than anybody. And you could throw DeMonte in there for the longevity and the stability. This is the start of something bigger, I think. And you look at the recruiting classes, you look at the momentum, the fact that the recruits were there for this game of all games. I mean, it was incredible in there tonight. You could sense a tightness, though, late. I mean, the crowd was loud, but you could sense a tightness. And my God, when Iowa had the ball the last possession, there was the weirdest of hushes. When DeMonte missed the first free throw, oh, God, you're thinking, oh, no, 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 no. He makes the second. Okay, well, maybe they won't try a three on the other end. And then they miss, and then Trent gets to run out with the ball, and that's it. They're Big Ten champions. It's it's beyond words, and that's why this has not been the most eloquent podcast, but we try to pack it full of almost an hour and a half full of goodness. So hopefully this will help you as you are groggy at work tomorrow, which we all will be. But it's that good kind of groggy, slap happy, feeling good. Um, it's like playoff baseball when your team wins an extra innings game and you're up until 1230, but who cares? You won. Big Ten champions. That's going to last for a while. And I don't want to say the rest of the year is gravy. There's still bigger fish to fry, as Underwood said tonight. This isn't the only trophy we're bringing home this year. And, you know, the crowd goes nuts. But we got our coach. We got a lot of good guys coming in. And we have some Illini uh, legends on this team that firmly established themselves in Illini lore. And I'm so happy more than anything for them. They deserve it. They brought this program from the depths. And they're going to leave champions one way or another. So that to me, I mean, I can talk about my own journey as a fan. The most satisfying thing of all is that the guys that actually put the work into it get that tangible thing, and they get that ring, they get the banner, they get the trophy, and then they get to come back and soak it in next November when they raise that to the rafters. It's going to be a special moment. That's going to be a hot ticket. I mean, you thought the Big Ten tournament banner thing, that, that was a big deal too, but this is different. 20 games, you were the best team in the Big Ten. Sorry, Wisconsin. And I'll take the co thing, but you know what? That banner is only going to say one thing. Big Ten champions. So, for all of you, for DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com, Fourth and Kirby at fourthandkirby.com, Rector Construction at R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com, and State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com, Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. For all of you on the Twitch stream, I'm sorry that I can't get your names right all the time. The lettering is so damn small on my phone, but thank you guys for making this Twitch thing something this year. I really appreciate it. feels like we got a good crew here. And for all the people, like today, I had three people come up to the game and say, hey, can't wait for the podcast. I said, only if we win. I was not going to do one if we lost. Guess what? We won. Big 10 champions. 
Sleep well, Illini fans, and we'll talk later this week. It is the 200 level. Thank you.